0: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This is an Encore
1: episode of Ask Me Another. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Ofira.
0: So today we're playing a
1: game about ethics, mm-hmm. so let's warm up with a philosopher and movie mashup speed round. Okay. First, an existentialist philosopher teams up with a talking raccoon to fight aliens.
2: Ah, uh, you're talking about Soren Kierkegaardians of the Galaxy.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: Try this, a Richard Linklater comedy about an ancient Chinese philosopher.
2: Uh, is that Dazed and Confucius?
1: Yes! Oh. <laughs> Can you think of any more of these... We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage signing NDAs. They're here to play our nerdy games, but only one will be our big winner. And our special guest is actor William Jackson Harper. He stars on The Good Place, where he plays an ethics professor who helps his friends become better people in the afterlife, which feels like a little late to me. It's like learning to dance after the prom or going into couples counseling right after you get a divorce. Uh, But good call setting this sitcom in the afterlife, since we all know jokes are no longer possible in reality. (laughs) Let's first meet our contestants. First up, Rebecca Shoemake on buzzer number one. You're a writer and math tutor. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Your opponent is Cesar Martinez on buzzer number two. You're a stylist for a custom menswear brand. Welcome. Glad to be here. So, Rebecca and Caesar, the first of you who wins two of our games, will go on to our final round. Let's start with a guessing game called Memorabilia for real (laughs) ya. Jonathan and I will describe a piece of celebrity memorabilia. You just have to tell us if it's real or something that we made up. We're going to go back and forth, so no need to ring in. Here we go. Rebecca at the Museum of Yoga... In Rio de Janeiro, check out Shakira's yoga mat. Her hips don't lie, but they do lie down. <laughs> Real or fake? Fake. Yeah, that's fake. That's fake. <laughs> it's uh, a bit of a stretch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Caesar at the Smithsonian Museum of American History in Washington D.C. It slices, it dices. It's a genuine Vegomatic. Real or fake? Real. Yeah, that's totally real.
1: Rebecca, at Arnold Schwarzenegger's childhood home in Austria, you can view some of his first dumbbells. Real or fake? I really want that to be real. It's been granted. Your wish has been granted. <laughs> yeah, it's real. He, uh, did you, he had no electricity or running water growing up. So you can also view his family's pit toilet, <laughs> which is an indoor outhouse. Is that a big attraction, Do you think, at the museum? If the dumbbells are. Yeah. Caesar, at the Cold War
2: Museum in Warrenton, Virginia, the socks David Hasselhoff wore when he performed on top of the Berlin Wall. Real or fake? Ugh. Fake. Yeah, that's fake. <laughs> oh, thank God. You guys are getting by with uh, just wishing what you... Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, these are your last clues. Rebecca, at the Famous Endings Museum in Dover, Ohio... A program from Lucille Ball's funeral. Real or fake? Real? Yeah, that's real. Yep.
2: (sighs) Caesar, at the Quayle Vice Presidential Learning Center, (laughs) (laughs) you'll find Dan Quayle's law degree, which was chewed up by his dog Barnaby. (gasps) Is that real or fake? Mm, Fake?
1: No, that's real. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, more troubling the entire thing is real. All of it's real. <laughs> <laughs> the museum's motto used to be second to one. Mm. <laughs> Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do?
3: It was a close game, Rebecca. Well done. You're one step closer to the final round. <laughs>
1: Our next game is about what happens to rock stars when they have toddlers and need to make music their kids can listen to. All right, let's check in with our contestants. Rebecca, if someone Googles you, something kind of odd comes up. Can you tell us about this?
4: (laughs) Yes. uh, There's a hate article about me by um, some squirrel rights activists.
1: (laughs) What happened between you and the squirrel?
4: So uh, my sophomore year of college, I left a window cracked over Christmas break, and I came back to my room destroyed by squirrels, Uh, and I happened to be a writer for the college newspaper at the time, so I wrote an article about how I hate squirrels, and I guess the squirrel rights people have alerts for that kind of
1: thing, because um, (laughs) for the first time in a long time, they're like, get up everybody, red alert, red alert, (laughs) it's happening. Just out of curiosity,
4: how did you know it was squirrels? Um. There was a tree outside my window mm-hmm. that was full of squirrels. Okay. So I guess I profiled because
5: yeah. <laughs> it might
4: not. Have
2: this been is all circumstantial squirrel. evidence. I don't. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Uh, Caesar, you have a very ambitious fun goal for the year.
2: Yes, So I'm a born and bred New Yorker. I recently Googled, and there are about like eighty to ninety museums in the city, and I've only been to about five. So I'm trying to go and visit every single museum in the city in under a year.
1: Okay. Yes, and, and uh, how's it going? Uh,
6: right
2: now? I'm still at five.
1: <laughs> so far, so good. Still so time. Mm-hmm. Let's go to your next game, Rebecca. What was the first album you ever purchased?
4: I think that it was probably a Broadway Kids
1: album. <laughs> good. <laughs> Where yep. kids sing the hits of Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Caesar, what was the first album you ever purchased?
2: Unfortunately, it was Now That's What I Call Music 7.
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: So we have an audio quiz for you called Tunes for Tots. Many famous performers have released lesser-known works aimed at younger audiences. We'll play you a kid's song by a well-known artist. Ring in and tell us the artist. Rebecca, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're in the final round. Caesar, you need to win this, or you're going to have to sit through a middle school jazz concert. Here we go. This musician is in both the rock and roll and country halls of fame.
6: Dinosaurs lived a long time ago. They were terrible lizards, don't you know? Some ate plants, and some ate meat. Some ate fish and some ate beets.
1: <laughs> he shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Caesar. Chine Cash? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's how dinosaurs went extinct. They fell into the burning ring of fire. <laughs> 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 Next up, an ode to beanbags.
7: Um. <laughs> A bean bag, a squishy dee, squash it, bean bag, Squish, squash, oh golly, oh
1: gosh, how I love you. Clearly about body acceptance. <laughs> also known as the first lady of song. Mmm. You can just guess there's no, you know. Okay, wrong I'll about bite. That. Rebecca. Uh, Aretha Franklin. Good. Okay. And we said there's no penalty. We said there's no penalty. I'm sorry that is incorrect. Thank you for guessing, Rebecca. (laughs) Caesar, do you want to throw something in there?
2: I know it's wrong. I'm just going to say Nancy Sinatra. I don't know. Okay. It's just...
1: No problem. (laughs) I know. It's okay. I am going to... You know what? I'm going to buy each of you your second album. (laughs) That was Ella Fitzgerald.
6: Oh, okay. I know.
1: <laughs> I know, sure. it's okay. It's okay. This clip is from an animated children's show.
6: So everybody do the crayon, crayon. Everybody do the crayon,
1: crayon. He's half of the hip-hop duo Outkast.
3: 50-50 here.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's a number in his name. <laughs> the big number. A number in his name.
1: <laughs> I can't watch Ooh. them suffer. Right. <laughs> we were looking for Andre 3000. Oh, damn it. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, we have a couple more plenty of time. <laughs> okay. This legendary singer-songwriter co-wrote a children's musical with Maurice Sendak. She's also the subject of the Broadway show Beautiful. Mm. Rebecca. Carol King. Yes! Yeah. All right, here's your last clue. This American icon was apparently a picky eater growing up in New Jersey.
7: Yeah, when I was a little kid, see, I never liked to eat. And Mama would put things on my plate and I'd dump them on her feet.
1: He was born in the USA and also sings songs for the newly born. Caesar.
3: Bruce Springsteen. Yeah,
1: that's correct. Yeah. Puzzlegur, our chung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Caesar. You won that game.
3: So you each won a game. It's time for a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you'll go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 14 TV shows that won the Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series from 1990 to 2017. Caesar, you're up. Fraser? Fraser, correct, five times. Rebecca?
4: Modern Family?
3: You are correct, also five times. Caesar? Friends? That's correct, once, 2002. Rebecca? Veep? Veep three times. Uh, Caesar.
2: Mm, Silicon Valley.
3: No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The other answers were Thirty Rock, Ally McBeal, Arrested Development, Cheers, Everybody Loves Raymond, Murphy Brown, The Office, Seinfeld, Sex and the City, and Will and Grace. Caesar, we're sorry to see you go. Rebecca, you're headed to the final round. <laughs> Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Rebecca in our
1: final round, and actor William Jackson Harper, who plays a fictional ethicist, will play a game with a real-life ethicist from the New York Times. But is it ethical to treat ethics as frivolous entertainment? We'll find out. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs)
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, the automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares how Betterment's innovation can help Americans save. The real innovation for Betterment about a decade ago
6: was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra-wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tech strategies, that includes dollar-cost averaging, that includes taking a long-term view and not getting distracted by market volatility. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. And what Betterment did is they basically said, no matter the amount of money you have, it's always good to be invested. It's always good to start early. It's always good to save. And the power of being consistent in your habits is really the path to long-term
0: wealth. Learn more about automated investing and saving at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed.
2: Support for NPR and the following message come from the Limelson Foundation, dedicated to improving lives through invention, innovation, and climate action. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with Puzzle Guru Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. You know him from the NBC sitcom, The Good Place. Please welcome William Jackson Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Welcome to Ask Me Another.
6: Thanks for having me.
1: You're welcome. So you play the ethicist cheaty on The Good Place, a fantasy sitcom about a heaven-like utopia designed to reward people for being good in life. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so where were you at in your life when you received the call for an audition for this?
6: I was in the basement of my feelings.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: Um, I had actually sort of given up the idea, given up on the idea of being an actor. I, uh, I was like, you know, I've been doing a lot of theater here in the city for a lot of years and I was, uh, I was, you know, living with a whole bunch of dudes and I was 35 and I was like, you know, I think I've been fair to this (laughs) profession. I think it's time to move along. And try to find some stability. So I was. I went back out. Uh, I went out to LA for pilot season, sort of. You know, ready to go all in one more time. And if it all went terribly, that's fine. I'm. I'm out. I'm out anyway. And uh, actually, when I got the call that I got the job, I was watching uh, the pilot episode of Cheers.
1: And what did you think of uh, as a possible other career?
6: Oh, I, I was, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was—I uh, mean, I sort of told myself, like, you know, you'll, I can go and do the, the teaching thing, I guess, but, I mean, it's more of like a don't let this happen to you kind of, like, not as a teacher, but like as in, like, look at this career that I made, you don't want this, do something different from what I did. And then, uh, <laughs> but I, I, other than that, I, I, had, I had no idea
1: hmm well, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. I'm glad it worked out. And then you get the role of this character, uh, Chidi, who's an ethicist, which the moral center of the show. And also, we don't often see ethicists on television or in sitcoms especially. Yeah. So I imagine you get feedback from philosophers, ethicists, that are pretty excited to be represented on television?
6: Yeah, you know, I get the occasional, like, shout-out on Twitter, you know? Yeah. Um... And people wanted to ask me questions about ethics. As oh, if, they,
1: they treat you like you are oh, yeah, the character. Like, like,
6: oh, you must really study all this. And I'm like, I, I really do not. And um, I'm woefully underqualified to, to answer any question you may have. So. <laughs> So, so yeah.
1: And when people are asking you your advice on Twitter, what kinds of things are they asking you? I mean, is it personal or is it more broad questions?
6: Uh, it's sort of broad questions. Sometimes it'll just be like a a shot of their textbook, and just asking me for help.
7: <laughs> 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 I'm like, I don't. You no, know,
6: sir. Right. I can't help.
1: Well, for a sitcom, it has, I think, more plot twists. I mean, that's not usual for a sitcom to no, have no. crazy plot twists. And a lot of things happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things. I mean, at yeah. the end, end of season two, they really put you through the ringer. Well, yeah. Were you
6: terrified to receive a script? I, I mean, mm, <laughs> uh, after the blood canon, yeah. Um
1: <laughs>
6: if, the blood cannon, there's, yes. There's, there's this, I mean, you know, there's an episode called The Trolley Problem in which I, I run over a bunch of workers and I'm covered in blood and guts and gore. And in order to achieve that effect, they shot me in the face and mouth with with a blood cannon. Um, and so it's like all like carol syrup and food coloring and little pieces of foam and... Um, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, after that, I was like, Oh God, what are they gonna do? And, and then, then, oh, then the subsequent week. Yeah, that was that was the acupuncture week, and they, um, they said to me, Hey, man. Um, so we we have this joke that we want to do in the next episode with you and, and needles. Would you would you go out to this acupuncturist and we'll just you know we'll let them you know like just stab you up and and we'll take some pictures and see if how it how it looks. And so they, they drove me out to this acupuncturist, and he put 50 needles in my face well, and said, laughed while he was doing it.
1: <laughs> when they start with, we want to do this thing with you and needles, were you like, no, like, what?
6: Um, were you like, okay. You know, you're just never ready for that question. <clears throat> right. You know, you're like, you're never, like... I could have said like I mean anything but I but instead I was just sort of like oh yeah no sure yeah 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 you know I'm just because I, I just want to be a team player you know you know comedy
1: so before The Good Place you had a reoccurring role in the children's series The Electric Company yeah So you played a character named Danny Rebus who teaches vocabulary to us. Yeah. To me, that seems like a a very fun gig. I loved that show as a kid. It was, like, smart and interesting as a children's show. I don't know what it was like to work on it. That
6: was so much fun. It was, um, you know, you feel like you're actually doing some tangible good as far as, you know, as much tangible good that I think that an actor can do. You're just like, I am helping kids learn. I'm doing that.
1: Yeah, when kids recognize you from that, are they scared of you, or are they excited?
6: They're generally excited. Yeah. I mean, now those kids are big. They're like, <laughs> some guy will come in and be like, hey man, I used to watch you when I was a child, and I was like, oh my god. You know, it's like, All
1: right, are you ready for an Ask Me Another challenge? Sure. Fantastic. You play a fictional ethicist on The Good Place, so for your game, we found the real life version. (laughs) (laughs) He writes the ethicist column in the New York Times Magazine. Please welcome world renowned ethicist Kwame Anthony Appiah. Welcome, such a pleasure. How does one end up an ethicist?
7: Uh, Mostly by mistake. (laughs) Um, I mean, I do work on ethics, but the ethicist does something that most ethicists don't do. That's right. Which is actually answer people's questions about how to live their lives. (laughs) Most ethicists have big theories about how to live their life, but they don't actually... uh, First of all, I know many of them, and there are many of them living... Terrible lives. So they're not doing a perfectly good job of it, but uh, no. I mean, theoretical ethics. Theoretical ethics is 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 sort of theoretical. It's a, it's a branch of philosophy. So I I wasn't sure when I agreed to do it that I was going to be able to help anybody. Mostly I probably don't. But uh, but I do. I think at least I give my the, my readers something to read on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so this is going to be.
1: Fantastic. Uh, So, William, your game is called Can or Can't. (laughs) Before the show, we posed everyday ethical dilemmas to Anthony. So we're going to pose these dilemmas to you. All you have to do is answer honestly, and then Anthony will tell you what the right answer is. (laughs) (laughs) Great. <laughs> and if you do well enough, listener Vanessa George, all the way from the faraway city of New York, will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. <laughs> okay, here we go. William, what is your take on re-gifting? Oh, I, um, you've done it?
6: You know, actually, I have not. Okay. I have, n- I have never re-gifted. I should probably give more gifts. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have never re-gifted.
1: Okay, so then I guess you, you yeah, think so I have no, you're yeah. against it.
6: I, I, I guess so. I mean, I guess if I, if, I, if I was a more charitable person, I would have a context to answer this. But I, I think being the stingy clown that I am, um, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't re-gift. All right.
1: Anthony, what's your answer?
7: I think my answer is if somebody gives you a gift, it's yours. And you're free to do with it whatever you like. Uh, however... However, you should try to do so in a way that doesn't give offense. Sure. Just not to the uh, same person. Just not to the same person. Yeah, you should keep track.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, William, this is uh, is where it gets serious. You suspect your partner of having an affair. Is it okay to snoop on their phone to find evidence?
6: Um...
1: (laughs) William is leaning backwards in almost a yoga wheel, I believe.
6: Um, no, I don't think it is. Not necessarily for any sort of uh, moral reason. I think it's more just for peace of mind as well as um, letting the conflict, if it is going to occur, actually occur organically. hmm Mm -hmm. And genuinely. Yeah. Also, I think that I would lose any sort of moral uh, high ground. I would forfeit that.
1: There's a lot of people in agreement and a lot of people just thinking about their own past and thinking how they could have done it differently. (laughs) All right, Anthony, what's your answer?
7: My answer is that if your relationship is in a condition where that's the sort of thing you want to do, it's already in deep trouble. And so it's already in a certain sense over. You know, if it's reached that point, I think you should say, here's something wrong. I'm worried about whether you're being unfaithful to me. I think that's better than going behind someone's back because then you've... Suppose you find nothing. I should say that my my husband is there, so um, he knows that he can now get away with anything he likes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, here is your last question. William, you're in high school. Is it okay to let someone copy off of your homework if they didn't have time to complete it the night before?
6: I mean, no, but... You seem like a yes. You seem yeah. like a yes. No, I mean, cause, because like, what if they have to work? You know, it's like, I I mean, you know, I had I had that high school job where, you know, you're getting back at like 10, 11 o'clock, and you just, you don't have time to do things. And so, if we're being rigid about it, I guess, like, no, but, you know, if we're being fast and loose, we're being fast and loose. You know, you know, help somebody
1: out. Okay, I'm going to say if your answer is kind of, <laughs> depending
6: on the circumstance, is that fair? Well, no. I mean, I, I guess no, no. You're not supposed to do that.
7: No. So no. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Uh, Anthony, what's your answer?
7: Well, no, though. Ooh. The person who's asking you is likely to be your friend. So there is. How
1: cool are they? (laughs) Right? We don't know that.
7: (laughs) There's something to be said for helping out a friend in difficulty, but I don't know that this is a way of helping out a friend in difficulty because, in general, turns out you're not helping yourself very much by fooling the teacher into thinking you're doing work you're not doing, and you're not helping yourself very much because if you're not doing the work, you aren't actually developing the skills that you're supposed to be developing. So while it might seem like you're helping somebody in those circumstances, uh, you're usually not. But, yeah. but, but given what we, what we know, I, th- I think the answer is no, uh, uh, yes. No,
1: yes. Yeah, you guys are exactly in agreement on that one. I have no idea how the scoring could possibly work for this
3: game. Uh, but, Puzzlegrew Archung, how did our special guest do? Congratulations, William. You, Anthony, and listener Vanessa George have all won. Ask me another Rubik's Cube. <laughs>
1: Anthony writes the ethicist column in the New York Times Magazine. His upcoming book is called The Lies That Bind. William plays cheaty on the good place. Let's hear it for Kwame Anthony Appiah and William Jackson Harper. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about initialisms, which are like acronyms, but less fun. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Danielle Meibert on buzzer number one. You're an administrator at NYU. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Katie Edwards on buzzer number two. You're a mathematician at Bell Labs. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Remember, Danielle and Katie, the first of you who wins two of our games will go on to the final round. Let's go to your first game. Danielle, what text abbreviation do you use the most? In another life, I was an English
5: teacher, so I, oh. I don't like using abbreviations, so yeah. you'll probably see, more likely to be seeing a semicolon from me thrown <laughs> into a text.
3: <laughs> nice!
5: <laughs>
1: Katie, what text abbreviation do you use the most?
4: You know, I don't abbreviate much either, but I do use that... Emoji
1: that's rolling its eyes a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a word game for you called Mary J.K. Blige. Every answer is a famous person who uses initials in their name, but we've replaced the initials with an initialism, starting with the same letters. For an example, let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung.
3: If we said, this architect is famous for designing the Louvre Pyramid and the website that lets you learn the full cast and crew of the Hannah Montana movie... You'd answer IMDB Pay. (laughs) Replacing IM in the architect IM Pay with IMDB. Ring in to answer. Here we go. This woman's suffrage
1: leader once appeared on the dollar coin and famously advocated for two great causes, the 19th Amendment and the concept of taking your own booze to a party. Danielle.
5: Susan BYOB
1: Anthony? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) jets know how to party too.
2: <laughs> this African-American author and educator founded Tuskegee University. He was also easily bored reading long chunks of text online and skipped right to the summaries.
3: Uh, some hints about the person. In 1901, he was the first African-American to be invited to the White House by President Teddy Roosevelt.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, all right. What were you looking for? The person was Booker, TLDR, Washington, and uh, TLDR means too long, didn't read.
4: Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) This is a hard game. This is a hard game. It is a hard game.
1: The author of Winnie the Pooh couldn't wait to turn 50 so he could qualify for that 10% discount at Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Katie. AARP Milne. Yeah, that's correct. Eeyore would be a great spokesman for (laughs) (laughs) ARP. This actress
2: always checks her tire pressure before she rides her bike to the set of Empire, where she plays Cookie Lion. Danielle.
5: The actress is Taraji P. Henson, Mm -hmm. and I'm guessing TPM for tire pressure monitoring?
1: Good guess. That initialism doesn't start with the right letter. Katie, can you steal?
5: Uh, It's
4: T-P-S-I... And I don't remember the last name you just said.
1: <laughs> Henderson?
2: I know, you would have to work... You know, you each get a half a point, so that's fine. <laughs> Taraji PSI Henson is what we were looking for.
1: PSI being pounds per square inch.
2: That's right. This is your last clue. This Snakes on a plane star formed a corporation to protect his personal assets in the event that someone tried to sue him over a viper attack. Danielle.
5: Samuel L.L.C. Jackson? That's right.
2: (laughs) Art Chung, how did our contestants do?
3: Another tough game. Congratulations, Danielle. You're one step closer to our final round. Why not be a contestant on our show? Go to
1: amatickets.org and sign up to take our quiz. Coming up, our house musician will play music about houses, but it is not house music. What do you think we are, DJ Tiesto? I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. Jump into a new perspective on performance apparel. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru, Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. Before the break, we've had our contestants, Danielle and Katie. Soon they'll play a music parody game. First, let's check in with our contestants. Danielle, you're a university administrator. Tell us what your job entails. A lot of... Calming
5: students down, particularly undergraduates. Oh yeah, they come and freaked out. Yeah, a lot of telling first year students, no, we can't plan all four years of your schooling right now, but I'm happy to help you along the way.
1: Oh, that's what they want to do. They want to just set out a whole plan.
5: That's... Oh, by October first, they yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: so it's not I'm indecisive and I'm not sure where I'm headed. No, it's... it's I want to hit the ground running and you will help me. Wow, do so ambitious. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 just see how you like I'm just it. Like, you know, Calm down, you know, enjoy
5: it a little bit. You know, we have we have four years. Yeah, and they're like no just... enjoyment. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remind them about the future. Exactly. Very mm-hmm. good. Katie, you recently visited a UFO watchtower. I did. What is that? Well,
4: so it's in the San Luis Valley. It's an area in Colorado where there historically have been a lot of UFO sightings. Uh-huh. So there's a woman who decided it might be profitable to turn
1: her ranch into a watchtower for UFOs. And then you hang out and look for UFOs, right? Yeah, I didn't get to see any, unfortunately. <laughs> But it was cool. It was, yeah, it was cool. Are you often hunting for uh, UFOs or extraterrestrials?
0: No, a, you're no, a math not a person, often. right? Yeah, yeah, you're a math person. No, this is yeah, interesting. Science, yeah.
1: I believe you. What have you calculated? When is it coming? <laughs> it's not my field. <laughs> Your next game is a music parody game called Singing Around the House. Danielle, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're in the final round. Katie, you need to win this, or we'll install a half bath in your home, but it's the wrong half.
2: (laughs) We rewrote songs about houses to be about real famous homes. Ring in to tell me what home I'm singing about. And if you're right, you can earn a bonus point by telling me the original song or artist. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Palace. A hall with fancy mirrors Our reign Is really ending badly If those peasants Don't like gruel Let them eat brioche Danielle
5: Palace of Versailles
2: Versailles, that's right For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist? Uh,
5: Talking Heads Burning Down the House Yeah, that's right
2: Okay, here we go. Who says it's not Bill Wright? It's over a creek, but my cantilever is tight. I can't be wrong, I was born a Frank Lloyd Wright. Danielle. Falling Water?
5: Falling Water, that's right, Frank Lloyd Wright House.
2: Can you name the song or artist?
5: It's John Bon Jovi.
2: Yeah, it is. It's called Who Says You Can't Go Home? Cause she's the Ma Ark. She's waving weirdly Just letting her hand hang out They call her Queen Liz That lady reigns Wears great hats She ain't holding Charles back Danielle
5: Is it Buckingham Palace?
2: It certainly is Well done uh, Can you name the song or artist? First? I
5: believe it's Brick House
2: It is Brick House Yes Here's your next one. On the Potomac is a historical place where George and Martha can get together. Potomac, baby. Danielle.
5: Is it the White House?
2: It is not the White House. No. Do you know the answer, Katie? I do not. Okay. It's George Washington's place. Mount Vernon is what we were looking for. Nobody gets the no. bonus point. But it was the B-52's Love show. I
1: was going to try to do an impression as a hint.
2: Yeah, do it. Oh, right.
1: False teeth! Yeah. Wooded! That's <laughs> <laughs> the
2: worst. Here above the clouds In California With the zebras I bought Today (laughs) Staring at the news The heralds The journals While I count my Fortune Play me Orson Call this Xanadu Danielle
5: I thought I knew it but I'm now just going to guess the Neverland Valley Ranch I'm sorry that is
2: incorrect Katie don't make all the hard work I did learning this song for naught (laughs)
4: Do
2: you know the house we're talking about? The home we're talking about?
4: Is it just Neverland?
2: Mm, I'm sorry that's incorrect Uh, It was Hearst Castle
5: Man,
2: I've been there. uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst was who uh, Citizen Kane was based on, so Xanadu was based on um, Hearst Castle. It doesn't matter. It's not important. (laughs) That was Our House by Crosby, Sills, Nash, and Young. This is your last clue. You will be relieved to know. (laughs) (laughs) There is a house in Tennessee That was the king's domain It's where he shot a TV once And ate fried peanut butter sandwiches (laughs) Danielle
5: Graceland
2: Graceland, you got it (laughs) Can you name the original song or artist?
3: House of the Rising Sun
2: Yeah, that's right Popularized by the animals. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do?
3: Well done, Danielle. You won both games and you're headed to the final round.
1: While Rebecca and Daniel get ready for the final round. It's time for us to play a game. This is called Ask Me Another Again Later. Puzzle Girl, Archung,
3: explain how this works. Ophira, I'm going to ask you and Jonathan questions with a definitive yes or no answer. You'll each talk it out and give me your answer. Then we'll ask a magic eight ball what it thinks. <laughs> we'll see who gets the most correct answers. Here's your first question. Fruit Loop cereal comes in the colors red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. However, are all Fruit Loops the same flavor? Ophira? First of all,
1: I've never had Froot Loops. I grew up in a family where we weren't allowed to have sugar. Oh, no sugar cereals. (laughs) No sugar cereals, like Raisin Bran. We were like, oh my God. Um,
2: Nature's candy, raisins.
1: (laughs) But I'm going to say they're all 100% sugar. Like, how could they be that different in taste? I mean, flavors? Like, what are we talking about? What's blue? Blueberry? Come on now. Uh, They're the same. What what are the other ones? Green? What's green? Mint? (laughs) Zucchini? What's it supposed to be?
2: (laughs) Yeah, zucchini, blueberry,
1: <laughs> yeah, what's acai, the, berry, acai, berry, <laughs> lemon, mango. yum, 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 yum. yum
2: yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I feel like I, probably several times in my life, have tasted individual Fruit Loops mm-hmm. to see if they had a different flavor. Because this is a question that has occurred to me before in the past. At certain key times. Of course it has. Yeah. So I'm sure that I've run this experiment several times, but I don't, think I, have, I don't think I have ever written down or remembered the results. <laughs> You don't have a cereal Excel spreadsheet? Not anymore, I lost it. Oh. I lost it in a fire. As I remember right now in my mind's mouth, the flavor <laughs> of a Fruit Loop, it is a general fake fruitiness. I, I, but I'm going to say they're all the same flavor.
3: Okay, so to, to sum up, Ophira, are all Fruit Loops the same flavor? Yes, they are all the same flavor. Jonathan? Yeah, I say yes. All right, let's see what the Magic 8-Ball says. <laughs> As I see it, yes. And the real answer is yes. They're all the same The platypus is a very strange animal. It's a mammal, but it lays eggs. It's like a duck and a beaver and an otter, all in one. And only one sex of platypus is venomous. Is the female platypus the one that's venomous? Jonathan, you're first.
2: (sighs) Well, knowing what I do about evolutionary biology... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> From that Google search in your life. <laughs> yes. On the one hand, the male is traditionally the sex that goes out and, and fights. Do platypuses fight. I don't even know. But then also, there's the thing where sometimes the the female has a sort of protective measure. So I would say I'm going to say yes that it is the female, under the assumption that the the there isn't a lot of fighting in platypus land. And mostly it is a defense mechanism that has evolved uh, to protect the platypus eggs. I just gross myself out playing, <laughs> saying platypus eggs.
3: Ophira?
1: All right. Well, you know what? Just for fun, I would say female, because if I were part duck, beaver, uh, and otter, maybe I kind of am. I would be poisonous. Right? Why I would not? Be like, Throw it in. Yeah, exactly. All the things that people want, I'm yeah. going to need poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be different, I'm going to be like, you know What? I think the male would probably be so threatened by the entire platypi world. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I think the male platypus is the
3: venomous one. Right. Let's see what the Magic 8-Ball thinks. Signs point to yes. So Jonathan said yes. The Magic said yes. 8-Ball said yes. The fear said no. The answer is no. The male platypus is venomous. That's right. Apparently, the platypus is one of very few venomous mammals, and venom is delivered by spurs on the male platypus hind limbs.
2: This animal gets more and more disgusting the more and more (laughs) (laughs) I learn about it.
3: The tiny baby
1: ones on YouTube, though, are so cute. Mm. Yeah.
3: All right. Here's your next question. Do the French consume per capita more butter than Americans? Ophira, you're up.
1: Um, Aren't Americans like 10% corn and soy, or something like that? Like, aren't we mostly corn and soy? (laughs)
2: Our bodies. Yeah, 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 at this point.
1: Uh, And just based on that, yeah, I think think we, all of our uh, cooking and the stuff that we eat is actually not using butter. I think there is a return, perhaps, to thinking about stuff, but we will use every other cheaper source of fat and oil. Uh, But the French, they're crazy about butter. So I believe that, um, yeah, the French consume per capita more butter than Americans. Yes.
3: Yes. Jonathan? Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, you think of your... Think of a Parisian yeah. wandering out into the streets of Paris and going to the markets and just picking up what's fresh and local, the local bakery and the local buttery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bring your loaf of bread home and mm-hmm. your butter home and you just eat bread and butter all night long. That's and right. Drink, drink red wine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think probably there's less processed food in France. And so if you're uh, all of the all the margarines that are happening here, most of them are not happening in France and instead they're replaced with butter probably more butter in cooking. So yeah, I'm going to say "bien sûr,"
3: <laughs> which means yes. All right, Magic Eight Ball says, "My sources say no." Disagree. Wow. Can, can
2: we ask what its sources are?
3: <laughs> yeah. The correct answer is yes, the French consume more ca- more butter than Americans. Yeah. Turns out the French consume about 18 pounds of butter per person annually. Americans consume less than six pounds. So there you go. A lot of butter. A lot of butter. (laughs) That's the end of the game, and the winner is Ophira.
1: It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Rebecca Shoemake, who's an enemy of a squirrel rights activist. And Daniel Meibert, who uses semicolons in
3: texts. <laughs> Puzzle Archung, take it away. Danielle and Rebecca, your final round is called, I smell a rat. Every answer contains the consecutive letters R-A-T somewhere in the answer, but those letters may or may not be pronounced rat. So if I said Kelvin, Fahrenheit, and Celsius are measurements of what? You'd answer temperature. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by William Jackson Harper. We rolled a 20 sided die backstage, and Danielle is going first. Here we go. Danielle, this 2007 Disney Pixar movie won the Oscar for Best Animated Film Ratatouille. That's right. Rebecca, this reptile uses the vibration of interlocking keratin rings to make its signature sound. Oh, a rattlesnake. That is right. Danielle, he was the first Latino cast member of Saturday Night Live when he joined the show in 1998. Horatio Sands. That is right. Rebecca, this news anchor retired from CBS Evening News in 2005. Dan Rather. That is correct. Danielle, this Middle Eastern nation goes by the initialism UAE.
5: United Arab Emirates.
3: That's right. Rebecca. This federal agency goes by the initialism F-D-A. The Food and Drug Administration. That is correct. Danielle, Grover Cleveland was the first president elected after the Civil War from this political party. Democrats? Uh, Yes, Democrat or Democratic Party. That is correct. Rebecca, a board game where children perform hilarious medical procedures on a patient named Cavity (laughs) Sam. Operation. That is correct. We're at the halfway point. The game is tied at four points each. Danielle, according to Plato, this philosopher said, an unexamined life is not worth living. Shaking your head three seconds. Uh,
5: Herodotus?
3: No, I'm sorry. We're looking for Socrates. Rebecca, mathematical concept known as phi, expressed in decimal form as 1.618033988, and so on.
4: Oh, an irrational number.
3: Could you be more specific? I don't know. What we were looking for was the golden ratio. Danielle, literary device where consecutive words have similar sounding starts. Oh, alliteration? That is right. Rebecca, medical pledge that boils down to first, do no harm.
4: The Hippocratic Oath?
3: That is correct. Danielle, French painter known for his technique of pointillism and his masterpiece, A Sunday on La Grande Jatte. (sighs) Surratt? That is correct. George Surratt. (coughs) Rebecca, this home furnishing chain opened its first outlet in Chicago in 1962.
4: Crate and Barrel?
3: That is correct. The score is tied at six points each. You each have one question left. Danielle, in November 2017, Charlene Flanagan became the first American woman since 1977 to win this New York City event.
5: Uh, The marathon, New York City Marathon?
3: That is Correct. (coughs) Rebecca, this is the last question you must answer correctly to stay in the game. From the Italian for innkeeper or restaurant owner, what word refers to a restaurant that serves Italian cuisine?
4: Oh, uh, oh no, um, uh, Trattoria.
3: That is correct, well done. You guys are doing great. Here's your tiebreaker, hands on your buzzer. It's a type of German sausage. Danielle. Bratwurst? That is correct. Congratulations. (laughs) Rebecca,
1: amazing. Thank you so (laughs) much. (laughs) Well done. Congratulations, Danielle. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name, Anna Anagram student, and Art Thuck. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta cannon. Our puzzles were written by Madeline Kaplan, Mary Tobler, and senior writers Josiah Madigan and J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Camilla Franklin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Frank Bianco, and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, and and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Next time on Ask Me Another, you know our VIP is Maria from Sesame Street. It's Sonia Manzano. And she told us what 123 Sesame Street was like when she first joined the show. It it was just darker. It was just darker. It was gritty. (laughs) It was a gritty place. (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games,
0: and Trivia. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.